It's been 50 years, and Ted Conrad has yet to be found. In 1969, Ted Conrad was a young, 20-year-old man with a fascination with Steve McQueen and the movie The Thomas Crown Affair, one that McQueen starred in and was released that same year. Nothing was extraordinary about Ted, and we wouldn't even be talking about him if not for the fact that he is one of the unsolved mysteries from the FBI vault. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 5, Episode 13. Where is Ted Conrad? It was Friday, June 11th, 1969. Richard Nixon was the U.S. President, and the war in Vietnam was spiraling out of control. David Bowie just released Space Oddity to radio stations, and the Sprague Electric Company delivered a 1.5-inch diameter silicon disc to NASA, containing 73 messages of goodwill from the leaders of the world's nations to be flown and left on the moon. It was a time of great tension and of great optimism. At the time, it was neither for Ted Conrad. Ted graduated from high school a year previous, in August, and was well admired by friends, got excellent grades, and scored 135 in an IQ test. He landed a job at the Society National Bank's Public Square headquarters as a bank vault packager, and for seven months worked steadily, proficiently, and without much notice. Each day he would package money that would be sent to various banks across Cleveland. In the evenings, he would watch and re-watch the Steve McQueen movie, The Thomas Crown Affair, that was playing in the local cinema. McQueen played a bored, high-society millionaire who orchestrated a $2.6 million bank robbery for sport to pit his wits against investigators. And according to his friends, he started to act the part. He'd show off his fluent French and his billiards prowess, which one friend described as tournament quality. He drove a 2CMG sports car and proclaimed his love for Porsches and Calvert Gin. Ted told one bank employee that the bank would be an easy heist and even said, I could do this and nobody would know until it was all over. Ted's chance came that second week of July. His supervisor was hospitalized for surgery and he was left largely unsupervised. At lunch, he returned to work with a plain paper bag containing a fifth of Canadian Club whiskey and a carton of smokes into the vault with him. No one thought twice when he signed out for the weekend carrying the same bag, filled with $50 and $100 bills, totaling $215,000, or approximately $1.8 million in today's money. At 7.26 p.m., outside Tet's Clifton Boulevard apartment, He waved goodbye to his landlady and climbed into a cab. He got out 26 minutes later at Cleveland Hopkins International Airport. There, he called his girlfriend and told her he was going to Erie, Pennsylvania for a rock concert and would return the following day. On Monday, bank employees noticed Ted had not made it to work. They called him at his home to make sure he was okay. They waited several hours and had not heard from Ted, who was always at work, on time, and had not missed a day previous. When the vault money was counted before deliveries could be made, employees alerted their manager that money was missing. A lot of money. 
The bank did a quick recount and noted the missing bills. They quickly called police and an investigation was mounted. It took a week before the newspaper reported on the crime, but people were fascinated by the Apollo moon mission and landing that week and simply disregarded this news. Ted Conrad, just like most Americans, knew of the scheduled launch and build-up to the major event and probably timed his crime to hide within the shadows of the moon. That week, the FBI got involved in the search for Ted Conrad. They tracked Ted to the Cleveland National Airport where they believed he sat on a flight to Washington, D.C. Later, this was confirmed when Ted's girlfriend reported receiving a letter from him about a week after the robbery, that was postmarked from that location. The FBI then intercepted another letter to his girlfriend from Ted that was postmarked in Inglewood, California, where LAX is located. I do want to write, though I only ask that you burn the envelope so that the authorities don't get the postmarks, he wrote in the letter. The FBI had leads that he was, or was in, California, Colorado, Virginia, New York, Hawaii, and even Australia. Conrad called his girlfriend many times, and the FBI recorded all these conversations. None of the conversations gave any clue as to where Ted was or what he was up to. The FBI believed he may have purchased a better sports car and contacted dealerships and placed his wanted poster in magazines related to motorsports. They even contacted Steve McQueen himself in case Ted tried to make an acquaintance of his idol. But Ted... He was nowhere to be found. Three months after the robbery, an Ohio couple struck up a conversation with a young man in a bar at the Princess Kualani Hotel in Waikiki. Law enforcement believe that man was Conrad. The man's story he told about his upbringing and family life matched Ted's perfectly. As soon as the couple mentioned they were from Cleveland, Ohio, the man got up, said, well, excuse me, I have to use the restroom, and he departed. He never returned. When the couple got home, they recognized him from stories on the crime and called the FBI. The law enforcement checked out the best lead they had in months, but it was another dead end. Ted had vanished. The FBI believed Ted would slip up. He may have bought that sports car and eventually he would get caught speeding or perhaps he would show off his McQueen lifestyle to an observant individual. But Ted seemed to dodge all radars, and the FBI believed that Ted was fooled by an often fictionalized misconception that after seven years, the statute of limitation for his crime runs out and he would be able to return to society without any repercussions. He even stated this belief to his girlfriend in his first letter. After the incident in Hawaii, all his letters ceased. His telephone calls never made. And after seven years, Ted never returned home and has vanished completely without trace. Some believe that Ted may have fled to Canada and had taken part in another McQueen fantasy from the movie The Thomas Crown Affair. On September 4, 1972, the largest art heist in Canadian history took place in Montreal. Three armed robbers used a skylight under repair to gain entry to the Museum of Fine Art from its roof. They tied up three guards on duty and left on foot with 18 paintings valued at about $22 million in today's money. Investigation of the crime proved difficult in the early going, since it occurred over the Labor Day holiday weekend, when many of the museum's officials, including its director, were vacationing far from Montreal. 
It was further complicated by continuing news coverage of the Bluebird Cafe fire, Montreal's deadliest arson just three days earlier, that was dominating the headlines. And the next day, the killings of Israeli athletes by Palestinian terrorists at the Olympics in Munich further diminished media coverage. Doesn't that sound familiar? None of the paintings have ever been recovered, and the robbers have never been arrested or even publicly identified. They all vanished into thin air. The FBI believe that Ted Conrad is still alive somewhere in the world. He may be married and have children that don't even know about his past. The case is still open and active, an unsolved mystery waiting to be solved. Have you ever tried to find a cheap hotel room and you open up Expedia, then you open up Trivago, then Booking.com, and then Hotels.com, and so on and so on, trying to find the best deal from all the hotel discount and booking sites? What if I told you you could do one search in one window, either online or using your mobile device? What if I told you that you can take all these discount search sites, combine them into one easy-to-use app, saving time and money? It basically finds the cheapest price anywhere. There are no additional fees, including taxes, and the app is free to use. What you see on the screen is the exact amount you will pay. Now, this isn't a separate booking app. It is a comprehensive yet easy way to do hotel searches. Think of it as a cheap hotel search engine. It simply finds the best deal for you. Savings are incredible, sometimes up to 70% off. There are even options such as pay now, pay later, free cancellations, no credit cards required. With a database of over 270,000 hotels, 46,000 hostels, 500,000 bed and breakfasts, and 1.3 million apartments, you will be sure to find the best hotel at an incredible price. Now, do you want this app? Find the best hotel room at the best price. Just visit www.experiencethis360.com. At the top links, you will see a link called Best Travel Deals. Click that or use the drop-down menu to get to a specific area. Links will also be made available in the show notes. Again, that's www.experiencethis360.com. Now back to the podcast. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links, and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you, or someone you know, will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Maddia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian Von Ziegler.